0: Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon.
1: Man, you ought to get excited, amen. Pull down that umbrella of selfishness, pull down that umbrella of pride and bitterness towards God and addiction and and mistrust and immorality and fear and worry, amen. Pull down that Pentecostal tradition. Walk in newness of life. I said, walk in newness of life. Man, I'm persuaded. I like Paul. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. Before that, he man he even went so far as to say that that man for the the creature shall be delivered from the bondage of this corruption. We got a deliverance day coming. You hear what I'm saying? We got deliverance day coming, and if it's coming, I want to make sure I'm ready. I want to look to the hills from which coming my help. I want to lift up my eyes. Amen. I want to have a vertical relationship with God and not a horizontal relationship with this world. I don't want to see that the world can throw at me. I want to see what God's going to give me and what I can give God. Every time I clap my hands, man, I told you all, I get revenge on the devil. Every time I shout, I get revenge on the devil. I used to shout in the beer halls and the dance halls and at the ball games, but now I shout in church, hey man. I know in whom I believe. Amen. My belief in the squinting of the eyes and the contortion of hands, like, oh, I'm trying to believe. No, no, no. My Believe comes from two root words, buy and live. And in the English language, I turn around, live by. When you believe something, you live by it. I want to live by God's word. Because if I live by his word, I'm going to be trouble for the devil, amen. amen. The devil's going to have to worry about me. Man, you don't have to worry about the devil. Just get right with God and he'll worry about you. There's some people that got the testimony. Oh, the devil's been chasing me all day. Bless his holy name. I don't want that testimony. Over in Guyana, we had that song called Run, Satan, Run. My Jesus is coming. Amen. Amen. And they would take off running around that church, man. The Holy Ghost would fall. People would be getting the Holy Ghost. I hadn't even preached yet. Run, Satan. Run. My Jesus is coming. Listen, he can't hang around when his name is spoken. Amen. They had a song, I lean, I lean, I lean, I lean, I lean. And when they see I lean, I lean. They're leaning on the love of God. They're leaning on the hands of God. They're leaning on Jesus. Amen. And they'd sing higher, higher, higher. (laughs) And they'd start jumping higher and higher and higher. You know why? Man, that was 100 degrees and 100% humidity. And we were sweating through. Next time I'll bring pictures of what I looked like when I was preaching, standing in a pool of sweat, pants soaked through. But you know what? They just kept jumping, shouting, worshiping. You know why? They don't have anything but God. They don't have a good job. They don't have a college. They don't have an education. But they got Jesus, amen. And when they say they have Jesus, that's all that matters. Got a song called Trouble for the Devil. And all you young people, y'all will get your t-shirts that says Trouble for the Devil. And mean it, amen. Let the devil know I'm trouble for you. When I go to school, if you go to school, I go to school, I'm, I'm trouble for you. If I got friends that aren't in church, I'm trouble for you, devil, because I'm going to tell them about who you are church, we got to pull down these hindering umbrellas that keep us back from what God has for this church. Amen. And maybe all of you, we don't all got hindering umbrellas. No, but if one has one of them big ones, them jumbo ones, it can sure keep some visitor from receiving what they need. Amen. When they come to church, they ought to see somebody on fire. They ought to see somebody that worships God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. Oh, somebody shout praise the Lord. Man, let God bless you. Let God change you. Man, I, I'm so excited. I, I really am. I, we had a wonderful service at the other campus, and I couldn't wait to get over here to share with y'all what God's doing in my life. And I'm going to preach something different, but I want you to know that this church is on the, uh, uh, on the edge of, of, of just blowing this town completely open. When I I was in that church and all those young men came in and we got excited about God, man, there wasn't anybody safe. We witnessed to everybody, amen. If we had to buy somebody a hamburger at McDonald's to get them to come to church, we'd do it, amen. I'm here to tell you, friend, that it's time that the church becomes the church. And we shouldn't be anything but the church, amen. We need to contend for the faith. We need to get excited about God. Serve notice on the devil. Right. I said, serve notice on the Amen. devil. Amen. 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 The Bible says, uh, uh, we're going to skip that first part, sister. Don't worry about that first part. Well, I guess we can go ahead and talk a little bit about it. But the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 10, starting with verse number 17 and 22, uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and skip over it. And, and what they were wanting, they were wanting a king like the other nations. They wanted to be like the other nations. And so they were telling God, we want a king. We want a king. And so God, he didn't want to give him king because he knew what was going to happen if he got a king. Because then the king was going to, uh, uh, you know, just like all the kings did. Even David messed up. Even Solomon messed up. Hey, Amen. And so he was saying, "Man, you don't really need a king." And the, well, we're tired of these judges judging us. You know why? Because they weren't judging us, and uh, they didn't like to be judged because it's not fun being judged and, and told that we're doing wrong. And I'm not talking about judging just a person and of uh, saint judging. No, 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 I'm talking about the prophet coming and telling them, "You're out of the will of God, and this is what's going to happen to you." Amen. And so that's where they were at. They were wanting a king. They, they wanted one just like everybody else. And so verse 19 says, and yet this they rejected your God. Now notice they rejected your God who himself saved you out of all the adversities and out of tribulation. And ye have said unto him. Now, look what God's done for you. They say, you want a king. Now, some of y'all say, well, I don't want a king. Well, you got king me sitting on the throne most of the time. Uh Uh-oh, let me back up. I done hit a button. It got quiet when I said that. See, when we're being disobedient to God, we have King me sitting on the throne. I'll do it my way. I'll do what I want to do. Amen? Even Job said that. We say, oh, though he slay me, yet will he trust in the Lord. And we shout because he said that. But the very next verse says, he says, but I will maintain mine own ways before the Lord. I'll do it my way. And you know what happens when the church gets to that place? To where they say, oh, man, we're going to trust the Lord with all our heart, but we're going to do it our way? That means that you've lost the anointing. That means there's going to be trouble. There's going to be tribulation. There's going to be problems. God said you need to trust him with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. Amen. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Wow. So they said, man, you, uh, you, you said you've rejected your God. You said, uh, nay, but set, us, uh, set a king over us. Now, therefore, present yourself before the Lord uh, by, your, by your tribes and by your thousands and when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was taken. Now notice what it says. And when he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, by their family of Marte, and taken, and Saul, the son of Kish, was taken. And when they saw him, he couldn't be found. Think about that. Here's the one that's going to become king but they can't find him. I wonder how many times God sought for us, but he couldn't find us. I wonder how many times God was going to use us, but he couldn't find us. Notice that they sought the son of Kish was taken, whom they sought, and he could not be found. Listen, it's real close now. Therefore, they inquired of the Lord, God, we can't find him. They inquired of the Lord. Lord, where's this guy at? He's going to be our king. Man, do you think you'd want him to be your king now? He really ain't now. It said, therefore, they inquired of the Lord further if the man should yet come thither. And the Lord answered, Behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. Wow. See, that's what our problem is. The reason we don't have the revival we need to have is because too many of us hide behind the stuff. We, I walked into an army surplus store one time, and it had a big old box that said, uh, uh, danger, dynamite, explosives all over it. And I said, wow, man. And when I opened it up, it was a gas mask, it was an ammo belt, and it was a couple other little military things. And it, it, it wasn't anything explosive. It was just a bunch of paraphernalia and see what happens is when you don't trust God with all your heart and you come to church and hide behind the stuff all you are is a bunch of religious paraphernalia there's nothing explosive huh? there's nothing that can ignite service huh? but we need people that know how to stand up and clap their hands and worship God we need to have people that know how to run Why? I don't want to be paraphernalia I want to have the power of God in my life let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise woo Oh, he told him so told him. My, 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 my. We all have different aspects of our life that keep us from being happy and content. How come we aren't content? In whatsoever state we're in, amen. How come we struggle with where we're at? How come we're never satisfied because we have allowed ourselves to come nothing but a bunch of spiritual uh, paraphernalia? We know how to clap our hands, we know how to worship God, we know how to sing, but we don't know why we're doing it. We've lost our why. We we lost why we worship God. Why? Because He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It isn't for me to get a little feeling, it's not for me to just kind of jump and juke and shout, it's because he's God. and i'm not amen it's because he answers prayers and i can't it's because i know who he is he's god almighty somebody shout praise the lord man baggage comes in many variations man and, and the hindering umbrella will keep you back from God. Notice, uh, you need to pull that umbrella down today. You need to say, you know what? I don't know everything. And I'm tired of being discontent. I'm tired of being an old grouch. Amen? Well, yeah. oh, I got on my grandbaby one time. And she said, she told, she told uh, her Grammy, sister, she said, "Papa's a grouch. Man, I had to check myself, man. Man, now I'm the funnest grandpa. Even when I want to gripe, I ain't going to gripe around her. Because they, they, they see us, amen. And I'm here to tell you, friend, when you bring visitors into that place, all they should hear is the praise of God. All they should hear is the worship of God. All they should hear is how great God is and what God does. My God works miracles. He's a miracle worker, Amen. My God still works miracles. My God still sets people free. My God still delivers from drugs. My God still delivers from alcohol. My God still breaks the chains of religion. (laughs) So, just like I pulled down that umbrella. Some of us need to pull down the umbrella today. Notice what Isaiah 46, 8 says. Show yourself men. Renounce the childishness of idolatry. Notice, show yourself. You know what? It's time we show ourselves men. They've tried to take away masculinity, but they shouldn't be able to take it away from the church. The men ought to be able to stand up. The men ought to be the ones leading in worship. It's easy when you see a woman pray. I don't like praying with Sister Aber. Man, as soon as she hits her knee, she's already in heaven, man. I'm just trying to get there. I'm trying to get to that first stage, getting rid of myself, you know. I took her to shoot a gun and, and for carrying and, and took her to the range. She ain't never shot a pistol in life. And she put all rounds right in the chest of that target. Somebody said, what'd you do, brother? I said, I do the dishes every time she tells me to now. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, because he just told her, point at the target and pull the trigger. She did, and that's what happened. You know, it's guys, some y'all be, But that's what I'm trying to tell you, that we need to come to the place that we understand that God has called us and told us. He says, show yourself, men, renounce the childness of idolatry. Quit worrying about what's going on horizontally and start getting involved with God vertically. Amen. Amen. Come on, renounce all these little silly things. Renounce all the things that preoccupy your time to where you can't talk to God or worship God or make it to church on time. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Stay with me. I won't be long. In order to be manly, we must be godly because man is made in the image of God. You men need to be godly. That's the only way you're going to be a man is if you're godly. Anybody can be an old uh, uh, drunk or alcoholic or or anything out there like that. Anybody can live that life. But it says if you're going to be a man, you got to show yourself as a man. Brother, be not children in misunderstanding, but in understanding be men. Did you get what that says? It says, oh, listen to what it says. Brother, be not children in understanding. We ought to grow in this thing. We ought to not be at the same level as we came in at. If I tried to put my pants on that I wore in the first grade, it wouldn't even fit around my foot. Amen? There had to be growth. Growth equals change. Change don't equal growth. You can buy the biggest pair of pants you want, but you ain't going to be able to grow into them, no matter how hard you try. Change doesn't equal growth. Growth equals change. And God wants to change this church because he wants this church to grow. And if we grow, it's going to change the people that are here, the dynamics, and people will be able to worship God. Amen. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Brother, be not children in understanding, but in understanding be men. Man, that's some of the greatest words I've ever heard in my life. You ought to put that on your refrigerator, man. You ought to put that on your car right by your drive, steering wheel or something. And put Just put that in there. Brother, be, be not children in understanding. Quit, quit acting like a child. When the word of God comes forth, take that word of God and enter it into your heart. Hide it in your heart so that you won't sin against him, the Bible says. Learn how to trust in God's word. Let God's word wash you. Let God's word cleanse you. Amen. We lived out in the country. We had a double wide. Man, that's that's a big house in Texas for most um, newcoming um, family members. Uh, You buy a double wide (laughs) on wheels. In case she leaves you, you get half the house, she gets the other half. And. (laughs) And so, so we had a double wide, and it was in—it's close to the Bay Area, so you couldn't get grass. Uh, grass was growing, and 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 so we, we, every day, Sister would take that dirty mop water that should mop the floor up stuff, she'd throw it outside the back door, and we had grass everywhere except outside the back door. We was wondering what in the world's going on? Why is that grass? I mean, we had grass everywhere, nowhere else but the back door. And we wonder why, because she was throwing out that water. And when she was throwing out that water, it was washing all the impurities away, and it began to grow grass. Everywhere else, it was just dirt. But right there behind the door, she threw that water out every day, and it washed away the impurities of that dirt. And all of a sudden, grass started growing. And the Bible said it's the Word of God. is like water. He wants us to let that water us, it cleanses us, amen, and make us productive to where we can grow. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. First... Corinthians 16, 13, watch ye, stand fast in the faith. See, watch ye is okay, but stand fast is harder. Watch ye, but stand fast. That means put one foot in front of the other. And if you got to fight, you fight. But I'm going forward. I don't know how I'm going to win this fight, but I sure know I'm not going to lose it. (laughs) I don't know how God's going to take me through it, but I know one thing, he's going to get me to the other side, amen? So the Bible says, watch, stand fast in the faith, Be brave like men and be strong. Man, we need some strong men. We need to teach these young people how to be strong. They need to learn how to mow a yard. They need to know how to do things around the house, amen. They need to know how to come to the church on work day and work with the men and learn how to do what men do, amen. It's time we raise this next generation to get ready to fight this battle because the battle's coming faster than you think, amen. It's almost here. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Ephesians 4.14. That
2: we henceforth be no more children.
1: He said that we henceforth be no more children. Man, quit being a child. Quit getting upset about every little thing that happened. My my little granddaughter over in Texas, man, uh, one thing can just upset her and she'll put that bottom lip out and she'll run to the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Well, she's a child. Amen. Amen. But when you're a grown man or a grown woman yep. and you're in church and you don't get your way and your bottom lip comes out, you think you got to talk to somebody about it. Ooh. You know, I assisted Pastor Blizzard for how many years in Los Angeles? Thirty. 13 years in las vegas and not one church member ever came to me and, and told me uh, any kind of bad things about anybody because they knew i wouldn't put up with it see when people know that you won't put up with gossip because you're not a child that you don't have to hear about gossip uh, i'm going to worship god amen and god to take care of anything that needs to be taken care of in the church after all it's his church it's not my church it's his church amen that your heads for be no more children tossed to and fro.
2: Carried and carried about with every wind of doctrine.
1: And carried about with every wind of doctrine, man. There's some people, they come to church and they're having a good time till somebody hurts their little feelings. And they're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. They'll blow into another church. And they'll stay there a while. They'll go into another church. In Texas, we have church hoppers. And we don't say, oh, this church uh, is having revival. No, there's, we call it swelling. This church swole, got swelling going on. In other words, some people came from another church and entered that one, and it swole up. But after the swelling goes down, they're back the same they were because they'll go somewhere else again. Amen. My God called me here. My God brought me here. My God called me to be a saint here. My God told me to be the foundation here, and he told me to be like a man. He told me not to be tossed to and fro, uh, no more uh, children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the what? Slight of men. Quit listening to what man has to say. Man doesn't have an answer to anything. All these scientists out there, they know everything except how to cure a common cold. Man, they can flip a switch and light comes on. They can send a, a spaceship to the moon. They can do all they can't even cure Comic Cold, but they're gonna tell us everything. Man, when you cure that Comic Cold, come talk to me, Mr. Scientist. Amen. Uh, What I'm trying to say is is that I don't care what men say. Notice what it says. By the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive. The people in this world want to deceive you. They want to pull you away from truth because they understand that it's truth that makes you free. It's truth that makes you free. There's no freedom without truth. Amen. The Bible says that you're going to believe a lie and be damned the Bible says because you don't have a love for the truth. But the Bible says when you have a love for the truth, he's going to make you free. Ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth he said that they're going to fall by the wayside. I want to know truth. That's why Jesus said I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I want to know about Jesus, amen? Somebody say, hey, man, I want to know about Jesus. It's time to show yourself, men. It was God that said, I, I, I'm God and there's none else. I'm God and there's none like me. So if there's none like him, why do I look anywhere else? Amen? Why, why do I look for something else? And I, I had cancer, and the doctor's telling me, man, he, he gave up, man. There was no hope for me. Well, that's because he's a man, and he could deceive me. Into, and when I say deceive, you don't get what I'm saying wrong. Uh, I took chemo, but he was the one that told me the only hope I had was chemo. The only hope I had was do this and have to do that. And, and, and let me tell you something. Don't you ever say, I'll never take chemo until the doctor looks at you in the eye and tells you you got cancer. You don't know what you're going to do. But after he tells you so when you got to make up your mind. But I, I did chemo four cycles, and it took my immune system, and I almost died nine days in isolation. And so I, I began to understand that it's not about what they can do. They can only do so much. They only got so much knowledge, and it stops right there. But oh, they found a new black hole. They found a new uh, universe. It ain't new. It's been there all along. God put it there a long time ago, amen. Don't say you found something new. Amen. It ain't new. New to you, but it's not new to God. Oh, I wish you'd understand that, man. You know what? When you get, when you get healed of something, that's new to you, but it's not new to God. He's healed many of people. And the ones he doesn't heal, he gives grace. It's sufficient, amen. He's going to touch them and bless them, and he's going to let them know he's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He said, I'm God and there's none else. I'm God and there's none like me. There's not any any close to me. There's not I was in Taiwan and, and I went into one of those idol shops where they were making an idol. And I watched the lady as she carved the ear out of this wooden idol. And I watched her as she began to paint the eyes. And, and she got the idol ready. And they would put the idol on this little uh pad and it'd have two uh big old uh, uh sticks on each side. And there'd be four people, one on each side front and back. And they would walk through the city as the music playing. And they would bounce it. And on that little deal, that idol would be it looked like that idol was moving. And everybody would be shouting. And, and they would be dancing in the streets. And they'd be doing all kinds of vulgar things all over the place. And they're rocking that idol. They're rocking that idol. And it's moving. That's only, I'm going to tell you something the Bible says. That they have eyes that can't see. They have ears that can't hear. They're not going to be able to deliver you when the time comes. Amen. That's what the Bible says in the book of uh, uh I Isaiah chapter forty six. He said, "The enemy's coming. What do we do?" They said, "Grab the idols. Let's go." Chapter forty six. Grab the idols. They loaded up their idols and they laden down the beast that sat on the carts and they went to get away and they got captured because they couldn't move fast enough because they were trying to save their idols. That's why some of us get in trouble because we're always trying to save our idols. We're always trying to save something we had our hand on in the world that we don't want to let go of it. And it seems like we can't ever get the victory because it keeps dragging us back. We take one step forward and two steps back, amen. God said, let go of that foolishness, amen. Again, he told them, show yourself men, amen. Remember the former things. Remember when God delivered you from them idols. Let's give the Lord a hand clap, come on. Somebody ought to shout praise the Lord. Stand up and be a man. Stand up and be a woman. Let me hurry. Joshua chapter 12, starting with verse number seven. Listen to what it says. I want you to listen real close. Now, before we start this, everybody raise your right hand. Come on, everybody raise it. If you're left-handed, raise your left hand. I want you to squeeze it as tight as you can. Squeeze it as tight as you can. Now, squeeze it tighter. Every one of y'all squeezed it tighter. I asked you to squeeze it as tight as you could, and you thought you were squeezing it as tight as you could, but when I provoked you to squeeze it a little tighter, you did squeeze it a little tighter. That's the problem is we come to God, and we think we're worshiping God okay, but we can always do better, amen? We can worship him greatly. We need to greatly worship him, Amen. We don't just need to come and, and, and raise our, but we need to worship him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. Amen. So we're going to get to a part of this scripture where I want you to have uh, participation with me. And when I point at you, I want you to say one. Now, we're going to all say one. And then after we go through a few, you're going, yeah, here's a one, one. Because you You got to squeeze tight to get through all this, okay? But if you do, you're going to see what I'm talking about. If you don't, you need to bring in your hindering umbrella, amen? So let's take a look at it. Joshua chapter 12, starting with verse number 7.
2: And these are the kings of the country which Joshua and the children of Israel smote on this side of Jordan. These
1: are the the kings that smote on this side of the Jordan. Oh, Joshua, they smote them kings on this side of Jordan.
2: From Belgad in the valley of Lebanon, even into Mount Halak that goeth up to Seir, which Joshua gave unto the tribes of Israel for possession according to their divisions. In the mountains and in the valleys. Now
1: notice, in the mountains, they were just whooping them all over. In the mountains, in the valleys, go ahead. And in the plains. In the plains. And in the springs. In the springs. And in the wilderness. In the wilderness. And in the south country. And in the south country. The Hittites. Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Erzites, Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now here, when I point, I want y'all to all holler one. And let's do it the whole time, honestly. Try in yourself not to fall asleep. <laughs> Try not to doze off on me. Because yeah. you're not going to get the impact if you don't participate in what I'm trying to say here. Whoa. So they had to face these kings and kingdoms, and this is what it was. Go ahead.
2: The Hittites.
1: One. No. No. Nope.
2: The Amorites. No. The Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the king of Jericho, the king of Ai, which is beside Bethel. The king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon, the king of Gezer, the king of Debir, the king of Jeter, the king of Horma, the king of Arad, the king of Libna, the king of Adullam, the king of Makeda, the king of Bethel, the king of Tapua, the king of Hefer, the king of Aphek the king of Lasharom, the king of Maiden, the king of Hazor, the king of Shimron Moran, the king of Ashef, the king of Tanakh, the king of Megiddo, the king of Kadish the king of Jochnium, the king of Dor, the king of the nations of Gilgal, the king of Tirzah.
1: All the kings 30 and 1 Y'all are the first church that's ever never wavered, amen? You ought to give yourself a hand clap. Because you're going to understand what I'm saying now. It says all the kings, 30 and 1. Notice there were 31 kings in all. But Joshua did not count them as a group. He took them one at a time. I'm here to tell you, friend, that if he would have said, okay, guys, they've never fought a battle. They never saw walls. They never saw an enemy like that. And if he was, okay, guys, look, we're going to get together. And we got 31 kings and kingdoms. We're going to get them. You ready? And they would, none of them, I don't think so. Come on, that's good. Yeah. 31 kings and kingdoms? But Joshua had enough sense to take it one at a time. He said the king of Jericho one." Won. See, the devil wants you to get so caught up in all these battles that you can't take them on one at a time that he overwhelms you. Uh, You get a problem here and you stop it, and a problem comes up there and you stop it, and then in back, and you're trying to live for God like this. Uh, That's not what God said. He said, whatever's bothering you, take the number one problem and face it one at a time. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. The devil does try to get you to see all your problems at one time. He wants to overwhelm you, to wear you out. Daniel 7.25 said he's come to wear out the saints of the most high God. His favorite tool is discouragement because it fits every one of our hands. Amen. And we got to understand that. He wants us to see all of our problems at one time. He wants to see a flood coming in on us. And my Bible says that when it comes in like a flood, he said he'll raise up a standard. He'll, he'll, he'll build, he won't he'll build. let it touch you. You got more power in your little finger than the devil does in his whole being if you stay on fire for God, amen? If you don't put up any hindering umbrellas to hinder the Spirit of God from working through you, amen? So we, we don't do what God's called us to do if we see all of our problems at one time, that's why so many people backside, they're discouraged. They feel they have no hope. Everything's caving in on them at one time, and, and they can't hardly breathe. And you'll hear people say, man, I got enough on my plate, man. I, I don't know about you, but I've never had enough on my plate. It's obvious. <laughs> my little brother was a big old boy, and he, he was big. And they said, your body is a temple of God. He said, I'm a mega church. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you know, you can't let the devil bother you. You can't let the devil run over you. He don't have any power. The only power he has is what you give him. Right. And if you don't give him any power, he don't have any power. Right. Get thee behind me, Satan. Amen. So I want to preach for a little while. It's time to go through what you're going through. Now, when I was teaching, I talked about this a little bit, but I want to really dig into it now. There was a little boy with a, uh, he had a baseball bat, and he went into his backyard, and his mom was washing the dishes, and the window was right to the back door, and she saw her little boy walk out there, and he had a glove, and he had a ball, and he had a bat. And he walked out there, and he grabbed that ball and that bat, and he said, Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest home run hitter in the world. And he threw the ball up, and he swung, and he missed it. And when he missed it, his mom started driving. him. I better go out. I know he's gonna be disappointed. And I know he's gonna say that's why mamas are. <laughs> I'm gonna go out there. And then all of a sudden she heard him say, strike one. And he says, Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest batter in the world. And he threw that ball up that second time and he swung as hard as he could. And he missed it. And she said, Oh, I know now, I know he's gonna be upset. And she and he said, Ladies and gentlemen, strike two. And then he picked that ball back up and said, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest home run hitter in the world. And he threw that ball up that third time. And when he swung, he missed And He dropped that bat. And his mom said, I'm going to go out there. I know he's going to be disappointed now. And by the time she took two steps, he said, ladies and gentlemen, you just saw the greatest pitcher in the world. That's how you got to look at it, Amen. He didn't care. He took it one at a time. And when he strikes me, he just had a good picture, man. I'm here to tell you, don't let the devil push you around. My God's called you to greatness. He's called this church to greatness. He didn't stop and cry. He didn't stop and th- Oh, Mom. No, 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 no. I'm th- That's what we got to do as saints. Each of you need to stop talking about the situation you're going through and decide the day you're going to get to the other side. Whatever situation you're faced with, you might as well go ahead and look at it and say, you're coming down today. I'm going forward, amen. I'm not going to have this in my life anymore. I'm giving it to God today, Amen. Time to go through what you're going through. Don't expect your present temporary situation as your future permanent one. I don't have any permanent uh, 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 situations in my life except that I'm going to heaven. Amen. Everything I face on a daily basis, it's temporary. Because after the day's over, another day's going to begin. But I'm going to tell you, when I get to heaven, there's going to be day, night, nothing. Amen. I'm just going to worship God. And God's trying to show us. God's trying to give us something that's real. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verse 17.
2: For our light affliction. For our
1: light affliction.
2: Which is but for a moment. See, uh,
1: this is Paul talking. He said, for our light afflictions, which are but for a moment. Now, if you do what he was talking about there, if you really read the story of what Paul's life was as a preacher, you... You say, how can he say that? He said, for our light afflictions, which are but for a moment, what do they do?
2: It works for us for us. A far
1: more exceeding. exceeding And
2: eternal weight of
1: glory. An eternal weight of glory. Amen. Amen. It's working for us. us. These light afflictions that come our way that we think devastate us. These light afflictions that cause us to stumble or cause us to get bitter. Or calls us to have a grudge. Or calls us to miss church. All these light afflictions are but for a moment. And if you really know God, you know that they work for you. Amen? Amen. They work for you a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, here's what Paul called light afflictions. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting with verse 22. Listen to what he called light afflictions.
2: Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? so am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. Now,
1: when I point at you, I want you to say light affliction, just like you did on the other one, group participation, okay? Mm-hmm. Paul said these are light afflictions, yeah. and this is what he called light afflictions. Now, now, when I point at you, you say light affliction as loud as you can.
2: In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in death oft, of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one, thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a day and a night I have been in the deep. In journeyings often. In perils of water. In perils of robbers. In perils by my own countrymen. In perils by the heathen. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea. In perils among false brethren. In weariness. In painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger, in thirst, in fastings often, in cold in nakedness
1: and he said besides these things which are without that which cometh upon upon me daily the care of the churches he said all these things he called light affliction he said besides all these little things from without these light afflictions I still got to take care of the church what I'm trying to tell you is if you're going through something you need to get through it because God's taking you there for a reason it's a light affliction get up and take care of the church Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Woo! Somebody shout praise the Lord. He said, I don't care. When he was floating out there on that piece of wood, he was probably saying, man, there's a church I need to write. Uh, There's a church I need to take care of. He said, no matter what it was, light afflictions, I'm here to tell you when you leave this church, and you're going through something. All you got to do is say, to God, I want to thank you for them light afflictions, but I'm going to take care of the church. I'm going to come and worship. I'm going to come and pray. I'm not going to have pastor wondering where I am in the middle of a service, but he's going to see me there on fire for God, worshiping God, because I'm going to go through what I'm going through. I'm going to get to the other side. So despite your current circumstances, make up your mind get on with your life and fulfill your purpose. God wants us to come through whatever situation we may face in life. Don't be moved by what you see because we walk by faith right through and right out of our present situation. Amen. I'm walking by faith. I said, I'm walking by faith. I'm not walking by sight. I'm not walking by what I see. When that doctor said, uh, 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 when I was in isolation, he said, you, go, you need to take more chemo. I said, no, I'm not taking any more chemo. I believe that God spoke to me and said he was going to heal me. And uh, he said, oh, no, no, I wasn't walking by sight. I wasn't walking by what he was saying. I was I was walking by faith, amen. I, I knew it was time. He, well, you know, you might not live much longer. Well, then why do I want to be sick the rest of the time that I'm alive? That's what my thinking was, amen. And that's what I knew that God talked to me. It's time to go through what you're going through. And that's when pastor... pastor... Pastor called me, not knowing what God had told me, and he said, I feel like God wants you to quit taking the chemo, amen? That was confirmation. You know why? Because God was showing me that he's in charge, and even though I was in isolation, even though I had cancer, in my heart, I was to the other side. In my mind, I was to the other side. I wasn't sitting in that hospital room anymore, a cancer patient. I was a child of God, and these light afflictions were but for a moment. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Man, God's so good to us. 1 Peter 1, 5 through 6.
2: Who are kept by the power of God.
1: Wait, Wait a second, we're kept by what? The power of God. I want you to get that. You're kept by the power of God. You're not kept by somebody. You're not kept by just any old body. You're kept by the power of God. You've got the power of God keeping you. And if the power of God's keeping you, that means nobody can touch you. That's why the Bible says you, no man can pluck you out of the hand. Nobody can pluck you out of God's hand because God's got his hand on you. Go ahead.
2: Who are kept by the power of God through, through faith unto salvation. Ready to be revealed in the last time. God's
1: fixing to reveal it. He's fixing to pull the curtain back. Amen. Mm-hmm. Wherein
2: you greatly
1: rejoice. Woo! Wherein you greatly rejoice. That's why when you come to church, just greatly rejoice. Don't just rejoice. Greatly rejoice. Amen. Amen. Yes. I can't jump as high as I used to, but I can sure jump a little bit. At least I can get toe exercises in. <laughs> My little man, boy, he was a jumping a while ago, and I said, boy, if I could just get as high as he was. But, but, but we got to greatly rejoice. It says, hey, where do you greatly rejoice? Though now for what?
2: Now for a season.
1: See, greatly rejoice. When everything's going great, rejoice. Man, when, when everything's going good, rejoice. When everything's just right, rejoice. When everything's on high, rejoice. What's it say?
2: Though now for a season, if need be, <laughs> you are in wait, heaviness. Wait,
1: wait, wait. Let's go back there. For a season, yep. if need be. God sees you jumping. He sees you on that mountaintop. And on top of that mountain, there's nothing there but you and God. There's no food. There's nothing to eat. That's why he gets you on that mountaintop so you can get excited because he knows you're going to go through the valley. The Bible says, this one verse says, this too shall pass away. You're on a mountaintop. This too shall pass away. You're in the valley. Don't worry. This too shall pass away. You, You hear what I'm saying? And see, that's what he's telling us here. He says that if need be, if God needs to make an adjustment, if God needs to uh, give me a little light affliction for a season, if God needs to kind of take a little bit of uh, pride out of me, he sees me getting a little too proud. or, Or if I look and judge somebody, God might, if need be for a season. If need be for a season. You're in heaviness through manifold temptations. Oh, that means you've got to get a hold of God. And hey, hey, let me tell you something. The devil wants to make you feel because you're tempted that you backslid. Temptation is not uh, the sin. The sin is what temptation brings out of you. If you're tempted and it draws you to God, that's good. If you're tempted and it draws you to sin, that's bad. And that's why God brings these temptations because he wants to draw us closer to him. Even though we're in heaviness and manifold temptation, I know the power of God. And I know that I'm kept by his power. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hebrews eleven thirteen 13 says, These all died. That don't sound good. It sounds negative. That was the heroes of faith. It says these all died. But it doesn't stop there. It says these all died in faith. You hear what I'm saying? I'm here to tell you that you don't have to fear death if you're walking by faith. Because whether he takes you or he don't take you, you're saved. Amen? You're safe if he had not got you yet. And if he takes you, you're, you're, you're there. You made it. Amen? I want you to know that God wants to do something great in your life. And it says these all died, but they died in Faith, that was the key, in faith. When I go, I want to make sure I'm in the faith, amen. When I leave here today, I want to have the faith. When I get home, I want to have the faith. In the morning, I want to have the faith. I want to have the faith every day I walk. Death did not have the final word and neither does your temporary circumstance today. Your temporary circumstance does not have the last word. You're in the presence of God. You're in the power of God. And he wants to make an adjustment in your life right now. He wants to change the situation in your life. And if you'll pull down that hindering umbrella and go ahead and confess it and admit it to God, my God will change that situation. That's why we walk by faith. Man, when I lived in Las Vegas, there was so much traffic, but you'd get stuck in traffic and all you had to do is lift up your eyes. And and Las Vegas is a valley and if you look to the north, there's nothing but big old mountains to the to the uh, south mountains, to the east mountains, to the west mountains. It, it, it didn't matter where you were at. If you were in all kinds of construction and dust and your car getting dirty, all you had to do is lift up your eyes and you could see the hills. You could see what God has for you. You could see the promises that God gave you, amen? See, God's given this church promises. But we've allowed uh, 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 the devil to do some some construction kind of kind of tear stuff up a little bit and kind of get some old uh, sinner's dust around there. But you know what? God said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, man, whenever you get to the place that, that you get to the place where you're stuck and you're seeing things happen in your life, he said, you need to look to the background. You need to get a look in the background of all these problems you're having horizontally and look in the background and you're going to see the power of God. You're going to see you're kept by the power of God and nothing the devil can throw at you can stop you. Nothing can change you. Nothing can hurt you. Nothing can hinder you. You're going to go forward because I'm trusting God. I'm walking with God, and I don't care what anybody else says. So in the background of all this are these beautiful mountains standing tall and splendid. And these people in Hebrews did not look at the surroundings, the foreground. When they were in the wilderness, they, they, yeah, listen to me now. They were looking past their problems and situations into what was in the background. They looked at faith from a different angle. You need to learn how to look at faith from a different angle when there's all kinds of situations coming at you. Learn how to look at faith from a different angle. Quit thinking you're going to do the same old, same old. I'll just wait it out, and, and I know God loves me. And, 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 and then you lose a little bit of that anointing. You lose what God's really wanting to do, and you don't feel like you're usable anymore because the devil keeps bringing up your past and everything. And see, that's what's happening here. He, he, he says you got to look at faith from a different angle. When they tried to get them four guys, tried to get their friend in to see Jesus, what did they do? They tried to get through the door and it was, it was that house was just, uh, couldn't get in. So they went around to the windows, couldn't get in. Went around the other window, couldn't get in. So they went on top of the roof and they tore the roof off. And the guy stuck his head down. Can you imagine everybody sitting there and his head comes down looking to see where Jesus is at? That's looking at faith from a different angle. That's doing something you normally wouldn't do. That's not being satisfied with just waiting outside and hoping he'll see Jesus on the way out. That's somebody that got in there and did something about it and pulled the roof off and stuck his head down, looked at faith from a different angle, said, there he is. And they dropped him down and the miracle took place. I'm here to tell you, if you need a miracle, you need to have faith and look at faith at a different angle. You need to quit doing it your way and learn how to do it God's way. You need to roll up your sleeves and say, I don't care what it's going to take. I'm going to see God. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I'm almost through. You need to change your story. Begin to declare, "I've had enough." That's what your first thing you do. I had enough. That's how it was when I was in isolation. I've had enough of this. I've had enough of it. I, 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 I I don't want this anymore, God. (laughs) I'm in much heaviness, manifold temptation, (laughs) and I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to believe you, God, because the doctor said there's no hope. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you. Now's the time that I'm going to get through this. I've had enough. You've got you to gotta say that, amen? And when David, on his return uh, to Siglag, the Bible said that when he got there, that the enemy took all of his families, all the, all the animals. They took everything. While he was all fighting, he comes back, and they've lost everything. Now, you listen real close, church, because this is to the church. This is where I want to get to, and I promise you I'm through. This, this is what I'm trying to get to here. Now, notice uh, his present situation looked bad, but David, the Bible said, encouraged himself in the Lord. He, that's what the Bible said. His men wanted to stone him. They wanted to kill him. They blamed him for the enemy coming in while they were gone, taking their family and their kids. Amen? Amen. And the Bible said that David, he didn't get upset. He didn't, oh, poor, pitiful me. He didn't say, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go out and eat worms. And he, that's a, that was really a song when I was a little kid. And, and, and so uh, he didn't do any of that. The Bible said that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Notice, he didn't make an excuse. He didn't complain. He didn't blame somebody else. He asked the Lord, shall I pursue and the Lord said, pursue. Some of you, God's given you a dream and you've let that dream die. You've let the devil bury that dream is what you've done. And you've let the devil just cover it over. And It's been a long time since you've had your dream and you knock the dust off and look at it and you need to take the dust and knock it off and look at it and say, God, shall I pursue that dream? And God said, pursue. That's what he told David. Shall I pursue? God said, well, you know what? He hadn't really been doing very well. You know, these guys are pretty upset right now. And I don't even know if they're going to go with you. He didn't even care if they were going with him or not. David asked one thing. I'm walking by faith. That's right. I'm taking control of the circumstance. Now, God, shall I pursue? And the Lord said, pursue. Now, natural circumstances still remained unchanged. Those guys were still maddening, but between uh, him and God... He was already through the situation. He was to the other side. He already knew, I'm going to get my family back. Why? Because God told me to pursue. God's given you a vision. God's given this church a vision. You need to pursue it, amen? You don't need to sit back and let the devil knock dust on it like an old book on a bookshelf somewhere. But you need to knock that dust off and say, devil, I'm going to pursue this promise. God gave this church. I'm going to pursue this promise. God gave my family. I'm going to pursue this promise. God gave me, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Notice Psalms 121.1. I will lift up my eyes into the hills from which come my help. When things go, when things got rough for the psalmist and in the valley was long, he would look to the hills, the background, the blessings. And I know when we went through all this COVID situation and the bad news every day now in the newspaper, radio stations, multimedia, uh, it's time to lift up your eyes to the background. They're trying to tell you that everything's wrong. Uh, there's something in the background that belongs to you. In the midst of all these rumors that are going around, in the midst of all these scandals, in the midst of all this situation, in the midst of all this sin, in the midst of all this hatred and division, there's one thing that I know, that there's something in the background that belongs to you. Amen? In the midst of all your situations, in the midst of all your problems, in the midst of all your sickness, in the midst of all your pain, in the midst of all your discouragement, all you have to do is lift up your eyes, and look into the background and say, I'm heading in that direction. Amen. 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 Man, if you could ever understand what's in the background in your life. Oh, Think about all the promises that have been given this church that you've been coming here. That's what's in the background. But you've been caught up in the foreground caught up in drama and situations and and, and bitterness and and discouragement, and and your mind's troubled. Your mind should never be troubled. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. He's given us a sound mind. Amen? Romans 12, uh, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be transformed. Amen? You see, it's the devil who tells you that we will never be victorious. It's the devil that says this church will never get bigger than what it is. It's the devil that says there's not going to be another building. You might as well get used to it. That will never, never change until you go through what you're going through. Until you say, you know what, God, I'm already to the other side. I, I'm already looking at another church. I'm already praying for another church. I'm already praying for more people to come in. I'm praying that if we got to go to two services on Sunday, I'll do two services on Sunday. No matter what it's going to take, God. But my mind's made up. I'm already to the other side. This church shall grow because I see a promise in the background of all of what's going on here. I see a promise. Amen. When the gas prices rise up, I see a promise. Amen. We're more than conquerors, and I've already told you what that means, right? You're more than conquerors. You don't have to fight the fight. The fight's already been won. First Corinthians 10, 13 says,
2: There hath no temptation taken you. There's no
1: temptation that's taken you.
2: But such as is common to
1: man. It's common to man. Everybody's been tempted the same way you are. But God, I like that, but God. See, see, I like that. That word but takes you from a positive to a negative or a negative to the positive. So he's talking here and he says, There have no temptation taking you but, uh, uh, but such as common uh, to man. Now, notice so what he says, but. Now, that was negative, but. God is faithful. See, that's what you got to understand. God is faithful. You understand what I'm talking about? God is faithful. It don't matter what you're going through, God's faithful. It don't matter what, else says, matter what the else says, God's faithful. It doesn't matter what the doctor says, God's faithful. It doesn't matter what mom and dad say, God's faithful. It doesn't matter what this world says. God is faithful. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Here we are. Caleb with the rest of Israel in the wilderness. And this where we got to bring it down now. I know I've already told you all that, but I got my second wind. I'm the one standing, amen. <laughs> Bible days, the preacher sat and the people stood. How'd y'all like that, amen? But notice, Caleb was with the rest of Israel in the wilderness. Do we agree? He's with the rest of the people in the wilderness, yet he was not conformed to their mentality. He refused to be, let me tell you something, this world's getting worse. So there's going to be people, there's going to be churches that are going to conform to the mentality of this world. They just don't see any hope. They don't see any way out. So they just cave in, they get rid of their doctrine, they get rid of everything, Amen. But God's trying to show us something right here. Notice what he's saying here, that, that uh, Caleb was not conformed to their mentality. There's always a present situation, and then there's the background, the promise. Anytime there's a situation that comes up in your life, just don't even pay attention. Look to the background and say, well, I know there's a situation there, but I know that I got a promise. God's given me a promise, amen? And when he gives me a promise, he said he would never leave me nor forsake me. That's good enough for me, Amen. There's always a present situation, but in the background there's a promise. Notice no, Numbers 32, verse number 12. It said that Caleb wholly followed the Lord. That word holy is like with all of his being. It's not H-O-L-Y, it's W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy followed. Caleb holy followed But he's in the wilderness with everybody else. He's walking in the wilderness for 40 years. But he wholly followed the Lord. It doesn't say everybody else holy followed the Lord. It says that Caleb wholly followed the Lord. Okay. Deuteronomy 136 says. Moses said God gave the mountain to Caleb because he wholly followed the Lord. That's what Deuteronomy 136 says. Because you wholly followed the Lord, he said, I'm going to give you that mountain, Caleb. I've got news for you. There's some of you that got promises in the background that you will not take. You cannot do it until you take it. Amen. You got to say that belongs to me. And if it belongs to me and God gave it to me, nothing can stop me from getting it. Amen. Moses gave it to him because he wholly followed the Lord. Now look at Joshua 14, 7 through 12. Notice what it says.
2: Forty years old was I. He
1: said, I was 40 years old.
2: When Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea.
1: He said, when Moses sent me, I was 40 years old when Moses sent me. Go ahead.
2: To spy out the to
1: land. To spy out the land. So he is a 40 years old man. Uh, boy, he was, he was there. He had it, man. He was is he macho man. Spying out the land, boy. He he, he was a man. He was a man's man. So he sends him out there, and he's spying out the land. Go ahead. And
2: I brought him word again as it was in my heart.
1: He said, I brought him word again as it is in my heart.
2: Nevertheless. Nevertheless. My brethren that went up with me. He said,
1: nevertheless, my brothers that went up with me. Now, Caleb said he went and he saw, and he brought back and told him what he saw. mm -hmm. Amen? Nevertheless, his brothers that went with him did what? They
2: made the heart of the people melt.
1: They made the heart of the people melt?
2: But I wholly followed the Lord. He said the others
1: made the heart of the people melt because of their report, but I wholly followed the Lord. Go ahead.
2: And Moses swear on that day, saying,
1: And Moses swear on that day saying,
2: Surely the land whereon Thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance.
1: That's going to be your inheritance. Go ahead.
2: And thy children's forever.
1: And your children's forever.
2: Because thou hast wholly followed the Lord. Because
1: again, he wholly followed the Lord. See, you got to wholly follow the Lord. Not just one day, but every time there's a situation. Every time there's a mountain. Every time there's a problem. Every time there's a trial. Every time there's a temptation. You got to wholly follow the Lord. And if you wholly follow the Lord, he knows where you're at. And he'll answer that prayer. Oh, somebody ought to get excited and shout praise the Lord. My, my, my. Let's go on.
2: And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. He said, and behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. As he said. As he said. These 45 years. Oh,
1: these 45 years now. Even since
2: the Lord spake this word unto Moses. Even
1: as the Lord spoke these words to Moses.
2: While the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. Now, notice
1: what he says. Read that again.
2: While the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness.
1: Now, if I'm not mistaken, Caleb was with them, right? Mm -hmm. But he did not include them in wondering because he didn't wonder, he knew. See, the problem is a lot of times we wander in the wilderness with everybody else. Mm -hmm. But Caleb wrote it down. It says it like this. This is what Caleb said. He said, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. While they wandered, I had a promise in the background. Mm -hmm. And for 40 years in the wilderness, he's walking. And I'm telling you, they began to drop its flies because nobody went over except that new generation and and Joshua and Caleb, amen? And so they're walking for 40 years in the wilderness. And if you think somebody fell over and Caleb said, oh, Bill, man, if you'd only just held on, Bill, (laughs) man. Now, I'm sorry, but I got I I got catch the group. No, I'm gonna tell you what. He didn't even know they were falling. He was stepping right over. Why? He had a promise. <laughs> He had a promise. And every time the devil tries to throw something dead in your past down, just step over and just keep looking towards heaven. I got a promise. I'm going to wholly follow God. I I don't care what the devil brings about my past. My past is dead. My past is buried. My past is gone. I'm a child of God. I live for God. I don't live for anything else. Another one falls. Another one falls. Let me tell you something. When you wholly follow the Lord, you can't see nothing but the promise that God gave you. Some glad morning, some glad morning, when this life is o'er, I'll fly away. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Oh, come on, somebody. You've got to understand. You've got a promise. Don't you let the devil keep you back from that promise, Amen. Yes. So while the children of Israel, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now lo, he said, "I'm this day fourscore and five years. I'm eighty-five years old now." Yeah. He was forty the first time he saw his promise. Now he's eighty-five. I hope they all fall quick I can't lift my legs up as high as I used to. No, that's not what he said. Yep. That's not what he said. Yep. Go ahead. Y-
2: as yet, I am as strong. He said,
1: I'm 85 and as yet.
2: I am as strong this day. I'm
1: as strong this day.
2: As I was in the day that Moses sent me.
1: As I was in the days that Moses sent me. Mm-hmm. I'm just as strong as I was then. 80, when I was 40 years old, I was strong. But I'm just as strong now. You ought to be just as strong a Christian as you would. Really, you ought to be stronger, amen. But I haven't withered. I haven't faded away. I've got a promise, and I'm going to keep my eyes on the promise, amen. Amen. Everybody say, praise the Lord.
2: Praise the Lord.
1: Musicians, come get ready.
2: As my strength was then, even so is my strength now.
1: Even so is my strength now. Musicians, come get ready. See, the devil wants you to focus on the foreground, the problems, and not the background, the promises, amen? you got to take your problems one at a time. you got to take your problems one at a time, amen? But our problem is is we see all these situations in our life, and, and, and we, we, we try to major in minors. Man, there was this guy, he had a, he had a chicken farm. He had thousands of chickens. He raised chickens. One day a flood came, and when the flood came, it started to flood out his chicken farm. And he'd run. He'd grab two chickens and he'd take it back up the hill and drop two off. Come back down to in the valley, pick up two more chickens. Run. He lost half his chicken farm, and he was so disappointed. He was so discouraged. Lost half of his wealth, half of his farm, and, and he didn't know what to do. He was just so discouraged. And, he said, Well, I'm going to work real hard. I'm going to build it back up. And he built it back up to where it's even bigger than it was the year before. And when you know about the same time, another storm came. And he found himself running down the mountain, grabbing two chickens, picking them up the hill, dropped them off, running back down the hill, picking up two chickens. And he lost three quarters of his farm this time. He was so discouraged. He was so beat down. He was so frustrated. Disappointment set in. Even bitterness started to creep in. His wife was in the kitchen. She was kneading some dough. She was going to make some bread. And she was getting with that old dough. She was getting with it. And he walked in all sweaty and dirty. And he had his work gloves. And he threw them on the table. And he threw them down. And he said, And he says, that's it. I quit. I quit. I, I can't do this anymore. I quit. What can I do? And his wife just kept needing dough, said, buy ducks. Some of y'all ain't caught it yet, have you? (laughs) See, that's the problem. We become so Pentecostalized, we keep trying to save our chickens. We keep trying to say what we want to do and how we want to do it. Instead of let God do it, instead of changing the situation around, instead of buying ducks, try something different, amen? If it's not working, why do you keep holding on to it? That's why Caleb said, I wholly followed the Lord. I wholly followed the Lord. And 45 years later, I'm just as strong now as I was then. And you need to quit trying to save your chickens. Oh, brother. come to church you got two chickens on your head, same problems you've had all along and then finally you have this breakthrough and you set them down and you go home and the next day oh I forgot my chickens <laughs> and we carry them around with us we're trying to save things that don't need saving we're trying to hold on to things that don't improve our walk with God we're trying to hold on to things that, that kind of hinder us from allowing ourselves to give holy to the Lord. Amen. And see what God does. And when the wilderness comes. And, and when the strong winds of temptation come. Amen. And when a cold front comes. All you got to do is lift up your eyes. And say there's a promise in the background. That mountain belongs to me. When they walked up to the walls of Jericho. They never saw anything like it in their life. Wow. They can have chariot races around that and they were all scared except for caleb where are you going caleb he said y'all wait right here and he he run back as far as he could he looked up and over the tip of that big old wall at jericho there was a mountain he said boys that mountain got that wall's coming down because that mountain belongs to me and see some of you need to take a step back from where you are right now And you need to take a good look at your life. You need to take a good look at the way that you worship God. When you came here today, did you wholly worship him or did you just worship him? Did you really give all you had or did you do like I said when I said, oh, I'm doing all I can, but then you can give a little more. I'm here to tell you that every time you come, you got to give that little bit more. If you want to wholly follow the Lord and see miracles take place, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Let's all stand. Quit trying to save your chickens. Man, now's the time to sell out. Now's the time to take it one at a time. If there's something bothering you, bring it to the altar and knock it out right now. Give it to God right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's come to this altar and pray. Come on. Come on. If you've got a problem, bring it. If you need something moved out of the way, Bring it and right now. Turn around.
2: Woo. I'm walking with Jesus and Don't try I'm to going
1: save your through. chickens today. Let them go. oh, I'm
2: going through, yes. I'm going through. And I don't care what the rest of the world decides to do. I've made up my mind. Come on. Ain't gonna turn around. Ain't gonna turn around. I'm walking with what Jesus and I'm, I'm going, going through. Come on, this
1: Christian Come on! get rid of your Counted chicken.
2: Cost Come I on, if you've got problems, take them, go the the take them one at a time. Take them one at a time. Don't let it cave in I on you. Don't let the devil push you around. I'm going, oh, I'm going through.
0: Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you. And so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus name.